0: The first and highest performing uh, portfolio activity were people who had purchased stocks and then died. Welcome to the Gym Secrets Podcast where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer and how to keep them longer and the many failures and lessons that we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on everyone? My name is Alex Tramosi and I am the host of the show, owner of Allen Prestige Labs Gym Launch. We've done $120 in sales um, in 44, 45 months um, and I have nothing to sell you. So what I want to talk about today is something that I think is really important. I get a lot of questions about um, and it's about long-term, short-term investing and uh, some big pitfalls. And I just want to share with you some of the mistakes that I've made um, in this kind of transition that I've been through. Uh, going from kind of CEO to kind of investor slash capital allocator, right? And um, so the first thing is I want to share some, some, some stats with you that I found really interesting. Uh, I think it was Fidelity uh, did a study. It was either Fidelity or, or Charles Schwab did a, did a study on which investor profiles and activity uh, yielded the best returns uh, in terms of total portfolio value, right? And this was in stocks and they found that there were two, uh, two categories um, that far, out, far outpaced everyone else. Let me tell you what they were. The first and highest performing uh, portfolio activity were people who had purchased stocks and then died. And so as a result, there was no more activity in their account and their accounts outperformed everyone else. The second highest, were people who purchased uh, account, or, uh, purchased stocks through the account and then had forgotten their passwords um, and as a result had not done any trading. And so for me, I think this is hilarious because it shows the, the incredible flaws in human judgment and it also shows the power of compounding growth when buying businesses in general because then you just get exposure, because if you think about this from across all of the accounts that they have, then across all of the accounts, then they have equal exposure to ups and downs, et cetera. So across all of those accounts, which is just like taking an index of the market, the people who do the least amount have the most money in the account. Now, what I want to do is explain to you uh, a mistake that uh, I made probably like two weeks ago uh, that cost me, shoot, I have to do the math. It probably cost me 200 grand. Yeah, it tossed me 200 grand. All right. So here's a $200,000 mistake that you don't have to make. I'm going to walk you through the math. All right. So what I was doing um, is I have in my quote portfolio, I guess it's not a quote portfolio. It's my portfolio. um, I have three to 5% of it uh, in investable assets that I candidly, I just play around with. And it scratches my entrepreneurial itch and just me being a human being. 95%, it's actually 97% of my Uh, worth is in really, really stable stuff. All right. But I want to talk to you about the 5%. So here's the difference between holding versus trading. All right. And this is something that is massively underlooked. And I'm hoping to at least convince one person who's listening to this that if you look at the math, you, you see how quickly you shouldn't do, you shouldn't try and, you shouldn't try and beat the market, um, by, by, by trading. All right. And so here's, here's the first reality is that there's huge quantitative firms that have hundreds of analysts who are trying to beat you and they, they make their money doing that. Um, but the second one is a simple $100 example, all right? So let's say you have $100, all right? So this is, our, this is our initial capital, all right? And I'm gonna give you two scenarios that we're gonna walk through. So in scenario number one, we're gonna have our day trading example. And let's say that over X period of time, you do really well. Now I'm just going to ignore the fact that most people are just going to lose money. All right. So that's, that's probably like 75% of all of us are going to mess up somehow and think we're going to beat it and end up, you know, I'm going to quote, buy the dip and then it just goes down by another 50%. Right. But let's just assume you double your money. All right. So your $100 becomes $200. All right. Everyone's cool. So let's just say that happens over a five year timeline, whatever. All right. Now, The point here is that uh, it doesn't really matter because if you're in this, as soon as you are doing this through trading, then the capital gains treatment gets thrown out the window and it becomes regular income, all right? So you're taxed differently. So this $100 gain, right, that you have here from 100 to 200 gets taxed at uh, 45, you know, 43%, whatever it is, and so you have a, an additional, let's see here. So then that means that after this whole period of time, you're gonna you're gonna be left with a hundred and forty. Shit, sorry, hundred and fifty-five dollars. All right, sorry about that. hundred and fifty-five dollars, which you're left after tax. All right, post tax. Now, don't worry. I'm gonna show you a third scenario in a second. The second scenario is you do it, and you instead of trading that whole time, you just earn the same amount. $200 your hundred turns to $200 and candidly the my all my passive stuff is out has outperformed my active stuff which is hilarious but uh, which just confirms this for me which is why I'm making this video all right so let's just say that you still you make the same hundred dollars all right we're good there hundred dollars but now it's capital gains all right so instead of being left with $155 we're now left with hundred and eighty dollars Wow well that's bigger but let me show you and this is the thing that kind of blew my mind um, because that's why I love looking at the math so much, is, well then, how much would I have to gain from day trading or trading on shorter terms or swing trades or whatever um, for this to be worth it, right? How, how much extra money would I have to make to outpace the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm getting this regular income tax treatment on my income, all right? So here's what's crazy. So in order for me to get to net $80, right? I would have to take that hundred dollar investment and turn it into, I did the math earlier. It's, um, uh, $245. All right. So that means that I would have to, my, my growth here would have to be 50, you know, 45% higher, right? Isn't that crazy in order to yield because that times the regular tax treatment gets me to $180, All right, so if I'm comparing the two things, if I want to be left with $180, option one is I buy something and I forget about it, and then later, five five years later, I I sell it for whatever reason, and I am left with 180 because I only had to pay capital gains on it. In scenario, in order for me to, to just match that, not even beat it, I would have to take my $100 and turn it into $245 and then sell it, and this is obviously this whole time, you're continuing to flip things and buy things and buy things, right? And then after the regular income tax, I'd be left with $180, all right? And so when I saw that illustration, it became so obvious to me because I had had some decent gains in something. um, And so I decided to sell it. And I actually ended up selling it at a good time uh, because it ended up going down because I felt like it was getting overvalued. and so I thought, I felt pretty good about myself, right? And <laughs> what ended up happening is uh, the thing ended up coming back up to exactly where I had sold it uh, again. And so if I had literally just done nothing, then I would have more money because now I have, to pay, uh, I have to pay taxes on regular income because I sold it within a year. And mind you, again, guys, this is on my 3 to 5%. I don't touch anything that's That's not that. All right. So I'm just being very clear and candid here, nor do I recommend you do that. So if you need the look, if you need the itch, then I would say put your, put 3% aside um, for pure speculation, which is just like, I'm, which is basically just saying I'm a human being and I'm an idiot and this is how I can manage my idiocy. Um, but, But when you see the math spelled out like this between this is what smart people do and this is what. Dumb people who don't make as much money do, then I, it makes me so much more inclined to just do what smart people do and take all of that extra time and just do something else, or just make money with my extra time. Um, one of my good friends, he—I've uh, known him for 20, 25 years. Um, and when I met him, he was—I think he was—he was managing, I mean, maybe five million dollars. Like not which in the finance world is not a lot for management. Um, and now twenty-five years later. Uh, I think he manages 3.5 billion so he's very good at what he does and he's one of the most stable people that I know and when I I talk to him about this stuff he's like you need a hobby and so I guess the message that I have for everyone is maybe get a hobby (laughs) and just let the money grow and pretend you're a dead person Um, and if you can't pretend you're a dead person then throw away your password uh, or give it to somebody that you would be ashamed to ask for your password back uh, so that you just don't touch your stuff, uh, because ultimately you'll probably be—you'll probably end up getting higher gains, a and b. You'll get taxed less on those gains. So I hope that was valuable for you. I hope this makes sense. I hope you get a laugh out of my $200,000 mistake that I just made in the last two weeks. Um, Keeping awesome. Lots of love.